I say is I just like like the natural or like the I, I like the vibe of holding these mics rather than we have some boom stands. I like that too because but then I find I talk way too much with my hands if yeah. I don't like have something to occupy yeah. them. Um so that's why I like moved to holding it. And it's just like because we, we're traveling with the podcast and stuff, it's yeah. like a pain in the ass if I want to take something like this on a flight or something. But right. um yeah, we have had a couple of issues recently with recording. Do you use anything? What do you use for recording your pod? We'll typically just do um, the lab mic. So I have the anchor and just magnets on okay. you and then plugs into the, the iPhone. Or you can wire it into the camera. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sweet, man. Well, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Counter Culture Podcast. We are here at CrossFit Kenosha with Joe Niels. What's up, dude? What's going on? How you feeling? Good. Yeah. Good after Rogue. Everything's going great. We're uh, on a little bit of come down, but yeah, I know it's been good. Yeah, sweet man. So look, we uh, I found out about you because my girlfriend is a CrossFit nerd. She loves everything CrossFit, and she said that you were on the Savan show for your thirty for thirty. Yeah, sure was. Explain to me a little bit about this thirty for thirty and why people should give a shit. Yeah, yeah. So for me, initially, just started as a challenge, right? Small business owner. Um, we were doing fine. But to me, fine isn't good enough. Yeah. Um, I would like to have more success on top of doing something that I feel like is doing good in the community. So I started with an internal challenge of just challenging myself to try to find 30 members in 30 days and trying to not make it be this big, uh, like over the top time suck, right? Yeah. Try to have it just stay along the lines of like normal stuff I'm doing, right? If I'm mm -hmm. going to hit a store, uh, to get groceries or go shop, like choose, pick up something. Um, try to make sure that I just don't leave that store without talking to somebody about CrossFit and my business and them trying it out in some capacity. That's it, real quick. Give me a give me an example, like how you're gonna lead into a conversation with somebody random. Yeah. Like at a store. Yeah. So what do you do for working out? I just you know go to Planet Fitness and do a little bicep curls here and there. Yeah. And how long have you been doing that? Three weeks. When you're there, about how long do you typically work out? You know, I like to sit on my phone a little bit. So I'd say like 45 minutes. Okay. And how do you feel like that's working for you? I'm still fat. Still fat. <laughs> you know, well, unfortunately, we got 23 hours outside of your, you know, workout to, to mix it or to mess it up. But um, you should really come try out CrossFit. Do you know what CrossFit is? I've heard of it. Okay. So it's just a blend of like running, calisthenics, um, some barbell work, some kettlebell work. But beyond that, each day you take the guesswork out of it, right? Instead of you coming in doing buys and tries or push pull legs or get stuck playing on your phone, um, you know, we take all the guesswork out, right? So it's an hour class, coach led from warm up, construction, program, workout, cool down, in and out an hour, right? Take all that guesswork out of there. Uh, we're doing a free week, so not much. Uh, on your end, you got to give except a little bit of time. So what do you yeah, think? let's do it. Okay. Give me that free week. That's that's so interesting. That's that's really cool because I think for the most part, gym culture and like business culture, right? You see a lot of these like weird ass entrepreneur like types on the internet, and they're like, "You need these cold leads, or you need to cold call and do like all the crazy shit that you see, yeah. right?" And I'm like, "But wait, what about like just interacting with people yeah. and like telling them how you can benefit their lives?" Yeah. Um, cause you know, gym launch as cool as it is, as cool as Alex Hermosi is, I just sometimes wonder like, where is that connection that you can make with somebody in right. real time, you know? Yeah. And again, it's like, obviously Hormozy's massively successful. Yeah. Amazing. Right. Um, 
but like CrossFit is so different in the capacity of like, we don't just want leads for leads. Yeah. Right. Or if Hormozy called and said, Hey, for five grand, I can get you 200 people in your door this month. I'd say, fuck no. Really? Right? Because they're not going to be quality leads and the gym just isn't viable to handle that kind of influx. Okay. Right? So like the sweet spot for most CrossFit gyms, I would say probably one to three a week mm. is honestly like, that would be incredible, but it's enough time for that person to come in, you know, give them a good experience, immerse them in the class culture, but you're still not like herding cats. Sure. Right. You still be able to make them feel special. You're not then pulling away from your other members, giving that person more attention. Um, but even like with CrossFit classes and good coaches, you should be able to have someone come into your gym that has never touched a barbell or never done CrossFit and still be able to like make them understand that this is infinitely scalable. And whether you are Matt Frazier or five times games athlete or someone off the street, the end of the workout should feel similar. Mm -hmm. um, so again, it's just about quality leads. And that was yeah. what was fun for me with meeting people. I could assess that along the way. Okay. So you said something about in when you first started talking about this, that you weren't doing, you were doing good, but you weren't doing great. What exactly does that mean to you? Yeah. So we were growing, um, and we've actually done well the last year. We are net almost 40 members, uh, in the last year, which is great. But for me, I want this to be successful enough for more than just me, right? Mm -hmm. I want there to be enough money that this can be uh, living for myself as an owner and be that role and do that right. Um, but enough finances to also then allow someone to come in and hopefully be a head coach and pay them a good salary so they could feel um, a part of this um, and appreciated. Yeah. So to have enough revenue there to offset multiple phases of the business, hmm. um, not just me being the one man band, which I do love. Yeah. Um, it's great, but I don't think it's sustainable forever. Right. Um, I don't, I'm 35. Okay. And I don't really want to look back on this, you know, five years down the road, just grinding, 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 and then not have some of those other big picture life things a part of my life, whether it's a family, kids and all that stuff. Do you have a family or kids or any of that? Nope. No, no, nope. that's something that you want though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I years back actually bought this for my wife at the time. Okay. Um, she's now my ex-wife. Um, and that was part of the transition too. I mean, <clears throat> going through that divorce, even with it being amicable, um, members still found ways to like, you know, choose sides and have it uh, be hard. And so there was definitely a downtick in members and, you know, they were worried that the gym maybe wouldn't survive through that. Um, and that was another reason why I was like, I really want to show the members that not only can we weather the storm, but really transition to an environment that's thriving. Yeah. There's so many ways, I guess, that we could like, uh, shift the conversation there. One of the ways that I'm, I'm always interested in. <clears throat> is uh or that I'm always yeah one of the things I'm always interested in is that it seems like with men specifically yeah that gr like massive growth comes through some sort of pain or tribulation yeah so when you and your wife decided to split even though it was amicable amicable my bad um did you feel like that was like a motivator for you to make the gym more successful it was not eventually or not at first, <clears throat> eventually it came to that. Um, I mean, I'm human and yeah. it was really, really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was more factors on top of that. Like my dad got diagnosed with cancer. Um, and a lot of stuff that was just going out at once that the initial thing was my first instinct wasn't, um, unfortunately to 
build the greatest gym ever. Yeah. I was just trying to like survive, survive. Yeah. And there was, you know, a gym that I built, you know, for my wife at the time that I was walking into every day and there was just signs everywhere, um, of, of the life that was no longer going to exist. So, I mean, that was super hard and, you know, just trying to find other ways to like get through it. Mm. Um, not a ton of drinking, but probably more drinking than I should have and not yeah. spending time, you know, with friends, but it was, none of it was productive. Um, and so that time that passed of unproductive time kind of then put it to the surface where if I don't really decide to go all in on this, I don't, this isn't sustainable. This isn't going to be viable. Yeah. And I realized the opportunity that was in front of me that if I didn't make the change of being all in and really trying to grow this place that the members deserve better. And I'm in this lease for another three years and figure it the fuck it's out. time to really flip the switch. Yeah. Um, and go very well. Yeah. Were you working another job at this point too? Yeah. What were you doing? I was working full time in supply chain. Wow. Um, so I would open the affiliate at five, run our five thirty class. Uh, I would hand off the next morning class to our other coach. It was in this building still. You were yeah. here. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. I would drive to Sturdman, which is about twenty minutes. I would work my. I worked basically seven thirty to like three thirty or four o'clock. Come back to the affiliate. Coach our 4.30 and 6 o'clock class, sometimes kids class, and rinse, repeat. And I did that for nine months. That's a grind. Yeah. Wow, dude. What? So what was the the switch that finally flipped? Was it like you had a, a weekend with the boys and you were like, what the fuck am I doing here? Or like, yeah? Yeah. Pretty much. It was um, all those things just kind of like surfaced that if I don't, take this stuff more seriously. Like I could lose the affiliate, right? Yeah. Like I can't just be a member like everyone else parting with everyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, I need to be better and I need to really channel my abilities into those productive things to make a community that's worth, uh, like supporting. Yeah. Right. Like uh, I need to lead from the front. And so it was again, nine months of me then doing both where I was finally like, all right, where I started to write the ship and I used all the revenue from my job to then re-outfit the gym. I mean, I spent 70K at Rogue. I mean, we did a little tour and saw the place. Yeah, this um, place is phenomenal, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so spent a lot of money at Rogue to show the members, like, I'm not taking a check and I'm not going to take a check until this place is what you guys deserve. And what and I earn, I, I need to earn it. I need mm -hmm. to earn that check. And so um, I quit my job after nine months and decided that, instead of just doing these two things and yeah, it was making money and it was safe. Mm -hmm. I need to be all in. <clears throat> and so that's when everything really changed. So that's like the thing that I'm most interested with, um, in this podcast, whether it's talking to athletes or talking to business owners, whoever it is, is taking that leap. Um, because you did have a safety net, you probably had a decent salary, yeah. right. And you were able to pay your bills and now you have to take this leap of like, Oh shit, I might be whatever your salary was. Let's say it's six figures or so. And you're like, now I have to lose this money that I'm counting on every single month and hope that I can build this business into yeah. something that can sustain me and the people that I love. Yeah. What is that? What is that feeling like moving from that and going all in? You know, it was like, there was pressure both ways. It was like either do what you're doing. Burnout is a hundred percent inevitable. Like I mm -hmm. was working 80 to a hundred plus hours, right? Doing both. And none of them were going well enough like in that capacity. So burnout was inevitable. So mm -hmm. it was either, um, 
take it, take the leap and be all in on a singular thing. Um, or again, the money was coming in, but again, if I'm the employer, um, they, they knew what I was going through too. And I don't think, I don't think either of us thought it was really sustainable. So it was taking the leap for the business. Um, it, it just came down to like, what kind of pressure do I want? Like, it's like, yeah. you hear those, those quotes of like, choose your heart, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Success is hard. Failure is hard. Divorce is hard. Marriage is hard. It was there. I was going to choose my heart, right? Is it, yeah. do I want the heart of that's going to be burnout or do I want the heart of like really grind on something that I, I do genuinely love uh, and blend that hard work and passion together to grow a member base that I could realistically, you know, potentially have both. Yeah. Um, I hired a mentor at the time. So there's, there's a podcast called best hour of their day. Um, yeah. Um, Jason Ackerman and, yeah. uh, and Jason Fernandez. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I ended up meeting yeah. those guys at a uh, affiliate summit. Okay. And I kind of sh just shared what I was going through and where we're at. And they were the, they were the first guys to be like, we've seen it done before, like take the leap. And, you know, you think about, you know, the money I'm making, the money I'm walking from, I wanted the ability to say yes to any opportunity. And yeah. that was the first thing that they really pushed me to, to open my eyes to of like, if there was someone that wanted to come in midday for a PT session while I was turning it down. Right. Or if there was any opportunities I was turning it down, they're like, it isn't just the salary that you have right now. It's all the opportunities that you're like choosing to not take. And there's plenty of money on the other side of it. Just take the leap. Do you think, was it the money thing that was holding you back from doing it mostly? And it was familiar and comfortable, right? Like yeah. any change is going to be scary, whether it's like even a good thing. Yeah. Um, and so it was a routine that I started to figure out. Mm. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was, the, the, I think the fear of change and fear of taking a leap because I can't put my two weeks in right. and then go <laughs> yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe, but it's not going to look good. Yeah. So yeah, it was just the, the, the pressure, the change or the, yeah. So what were some of the things that you did for yourself to kind of get you in the right state of mind to be able to do something like that? Um, well, so like when we were talking about like the first change and going out with all the boys, I haven't drank since. So I've, How long ago was that? August 1st of 2021. So it's been two years. Sober, guys. Here we go. Let's go, dude. Uh, we've, been, we've been sober since May 14th of 21? 22. Nice. So you're a little bit ahead of us. Yeah. Cool. It's all, yeah. It's all the same. You miss it? No. Why not? It's, you don't realize, so like, you know, in my 20s, you know, I played rugby in college and I was like, a lot of my identity was being like the party guy, mm -hmm. um, you know, and you start to realize, you start to, back then, like you would just think that that's how life should be. Yeah. And so as you get in your 30s, you just continue on that path of like, we party. And when we party, we party. We have fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the identity I started to have. And when I, I kind of stepped away from it, especially as being a business owner, you realize like how much more momentum mm -hmm. you get day to day. So like, you know, if you go out on a Saturday night, like you're pretty useless on a Sunday. And Monday. And Monday. Yeah. Especially in your 30s. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then you realize, you know, if you don't go out on Saturday, right, then you have a productive Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that carries over to a good Monday. Yeah. And like, I just started to really feel the momentum that started to carry through. And it, it hasn't, I have probably, I can say without a shadow of a doubt, there's probably only been two occasions where like, I was like, 
ooh, I'd like to do a couple shots and like feel like I'm a part of the crowd. Mm. But it it really hasn't been hard. What was uh what were those two occasions? I want to say it was just two gym functions where like everyone was really having a good time. For me, yeah. when I played rugby in college, like I actually didn't drink until then. Um, wow. I don't think I drank till I was about 20. Okay. Um, and what actually got me into drinking was like the sport of it. No way. Right. And so like in like being better at the other person. Yeah. So like <laughs> in rugby, you you know play the match and then there's the aftermatch. Yeah. So both teams, every every college rugby team to my knowledge is basically sponsored by a bar wow and so after the, after the match you go to this bar whatever the home team is okay and you cover the your opponent's drinks you drink you know you do like rugby songs um and it's it's fun it's good stuff and that sounds like fun even yeah. though i don't drink yeah it no like it was fun. definitely yeah. fun and then you know we do like boat races and and whatever and so like that stuff to me like the sport of it yeah. and being competitive in whatever arena, mm-hmm. like, that was really fun. Yeah. Um, and so like first time we were at a rugby tournament up north, I think it was called Mudfest in Platteville. Okay. And, you know, like they're they're grilling me to drink and drink and drink. They're like, you know, they're like, well just just let's see what you can do. And like, you know, playing beer pong, I'm like, okay, like that's fine. You can shoot. And like, all right, well let's just chug and then crack a beer, chug a beer, and like they're like, boom. And I was like, they're like, I like this. And then I was like, am I good at this? And they're like, yeah. dude. Dude, you're great. Um, and so like, that's what initially pulled me in. It was like the sure. fun, like the, the competitive party side of that. Well, cause I mean it, it without, you know, without like sounding like an alcoholic or anything, right? Like it is a good time and like it can, it can add to your time, right? Yeah. It can add to a good time, but that doesn't have to be the only good time. And we live in Wisconsin. It's like, Everyone identifies with drinking. Everyone does it. It's a part of everybody's life. It's just like normal, you know? Yeah, I want to say Kenosha, I think it might be lacrosse now, but Kenosha, I think, had the most bars per capita. That's wild. So like every every street corner, there's usually like a Bill's or a Scotty's or a George's pub. Like Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So, okay. You <clears throat> so you said that you you had quit drinking and that was one of the things that kind of got you in the right head. Yeah. What else? I think just seeing that it could be done. Like, I mean, we, we were a good gym. We had good coaching. We had good community, but we never really done. we never really did a lot to drive growth. Mm. Um, and so we did a first, like bring a friend week where we did like a really like tactical strategic attempt at like having the members bring in new people hmm. and just seeing like the success of that. And then looking at like the more opportunities that we can do stuff like that. Um, I mean, it's not about the money, but yeah. like you get 10 new members and you're like, well, these bills just got way easier to get. Yeah, paid, right. Absolutely. You think about like how we do that. And it becomes a very like repeatable, um, process, right? Of course you want to like reduce churn. And that was the stuff I felt like we had down. We have a good community. We have good programming. Like, I think we have, just a good environment that mm. once you, when you really know what CrossFit is, right. It's more than just a 60 minute class. Yeah. Um, you know, in fitness in a hundred words, like there's a key word in there that is intensity. And if you really understand what CrossFit is, it, it is intensity that makes us different in yeah. some of those functional movements. Um, but like, if you know what CrossFit is and you do a class here and you know that you really want that CrossFit experience, you're hooked. Yeah. And so like, we have a really good, we do a great job with retention. Of course, members leave. Um, but like most of them that do leave, um, tends to be where we'll butt heads 
in the capacity of like, I want to see you succeed. Mm -hmm. And the only arena that I can start with is your fitness. And so, you know, I, if I feel like I want your success greater Mm -hmm. than you want your own, um, I think that can be friction and we're all human. And I think sometimes that will be noticed. Yeah. Um, so if we do lose members, it sometimes will probably manifest itself in like me wanting that. And in that friction, unfortunately, then leading them somewhere else. And of, of course I hope they still pursue CrossFit, but that's the beauty of every gym being different too. Yeah, totally. I find myself in that position often where I get like upset because I see potential in other people and I just like, let it kind of ruin kind of my view of them or something. Yeah. Like I'll get angry and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Why can't you just like hunker down and do the shit you said you were going to do or stick to the meal plan or stick to the fucking workouts, you know? And I've had, I've definitely had some issues with people like that too. So I can, I can empathize with that. And it's like, it's so hard because being a guy, a lot of members will just assume that like, this is just how it is for you. Right. You have, you have you have abs. You yeah. have these things or fitness or can do bar muscles. You just you're built like that. Birth that way. Yeah. Excuse me. And like getting fit is so simple. It's just consistency. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's just eat well, right? Try to eat processed foods. Move a little bit every day, right? Don't be in a massive surplus. Don't be in a massive deficit. Yep. You know? And like that's the hardest part. It's like members think that it's like this magic magic pill or magic routine or magic diet when it's like just be consistent yeah it isn't rocket science and so like that's what gets hard is like when you know that they're capable of it and they express interest in it and then they just don't and then they either like will blame elsewhere or it's like you just want them to be successful because yeah you know i don't have it all figured out but like yep for 35, I'm fit and I'm definitely fitter than I was in my twenties. And it hasn't been ever something that's like, Oh, I gotta go to the gym or, Oh, I gotta eat a certain way. It's just mm-hmm. like, I'm happy doing it because I see the benefits of it. Yeah. You know, well, you, you actually enjoy the process rather than it being a chore. Like you made it a part of your life because the, for me the like the benefits massively outweigh like the simple tasks that I have to do to get there. Yeah. And you know, unfortunately, and you see this a lot in like the fitness space, when you're talking to clients, they say that they want something, they want a certain body or whatever. You start to really figure out like kind of who your people are too. Right. Because you see like this person's just got a lot of lip service and if they can't even like take care of themselves, like physically, how, how are they mentally, emotionally, business wise or whatever? Cause like I like to say, and you know, I can get canceled for this if I want or if people want or whatever, but I don't really like want to do business or something with somebody who's overweight or like something, you know, somebody in that capacity, like overweight from their own like issue, like because of their own, like not because they got into an accident and they like couldn't exercise or whatever, you know, overweight to their own accord because I'm like, you don't care enough about you. How how are you supposed to care enough about us as business partners or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard because you know, it's everyone's history is their history. Right. And even like, look at us. So like there was a point where we, we drank, right. Mm -hmm. And there's people that would be very fair to call us like alcoholics or whatever that is. Right. And we're on the other side of it. It just took something to make us want to change. Yeah. And so sometimes I still try to look at people in that capacity where like 
they can have equally messed up relationships with food, just yeah. like we had equally messed up relationships with like alcohol. Totally. And so it's just like, I try to just lean into that, but it's hard when you start working with a client like that. Mm. And again, like they expect it to be magic or they expect it yeah. to happen super fast in this totally unsustainable way. And then again, you're like a month or two into it and like yeah. they're walking out the door because they didn't get what they want. And it's like, I can't do it for you. Yeah, I guess, I guess my biggest thing with that is like, if they if they if they actually make no effort yeah. for themselves, right, right, you know yeah. what I mean. So like, I can understand people have like psychological issues or like they do have bad relationships with food. There's depression. There's anxiety. There's yeah. all these different things that can be cofactors for why yeah. somebody has an issue, right? Yeah. But where I find the biggest issue is like, okay, you have all these things. Yeah. Let's do something about yeah. it. You know, let's not sulk. Let's not because I've had my fair 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 share of you know yeah. things throughout life, and yeah. it's like. The only thing that has ever helped me with any of the stuff that I've gone through is just putting one foot in front of the yeah. other. And progress might be slow, yeah. but it's still progress. Yeah. You know? And that's, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that people just, I wish people would realize that it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. And it it isn't magic. And again, it's like those basic things. It's like, mm -hmm. just be patient. Yeah. So you opened this gym how long ago? Uh, the gym has been around for almost 12 years in Kenosha. Um, I've owned it for four of them. I managed it for, I think two years prior. Oh, you bought it off of somebody. Yep. What, what made you interested in doing that? So when, I mean, I was managing it for a while. Um, and then when my wife flew here, um, from Australia and we made the move, um, you know, the visa green card process, all that stuff. We can't skip over all yeah, that. That fine. was, yeah. Yeah. So wait, how'd you meet your wife? The uh, ex-wife? Ex-wife, right? Really? Yeah. From Australia? Yeah, so the story goes the, the best I can wrap my head around it. Um, she was competing at the games on a team. Okay. And I was there and had Tinder on at that point. And I guess we matched while she was there. Are you a games athlete? Did you go to the... Okay. Just a spectator. Got it. Yeah. That's right. One um, Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, deleted the app for a while and then fired it back up and... We started chatting, but like when you back out of the app, it shows like distance. Okay. And it was like 13,000 miles, which like I was trying to wrap my head around like how you can even be that far from someone. Yeah. That's crazy. It's around the globe. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so we just started talking and it was basically like, you know, uh, I don't know how this is going to go anywhere. You seem super cool. Um, I own a, or manage a gym in Kenosha. If you ever make it back to the games or wherever in the States, like come check out the gym, we can hang out. And then she was like, yeah, that sounds good. I'm like, okay, cool. And then she's like, I think we'll plan a trip. And I'm like, okay. And then she's like, no, I'm serious. Like I'm going to go with a travel agent and look. And I was like, all right. And then it was like, here's my itinerary. And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. That's really cool. That's yeah. a cool story to have. Yeah. Sweet I mean, man, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, it's yeah. like, yeah, no, you you I had. I don't regret any of it. Yeah. How often is it that a woman comes to fly and yeah. see you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Jeez, dude. Yeah. Okay. So then, you you manage the gym for two years. Yeah. We don't have to talk about your ex wife. Yeah, no, you're all good. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, you manage the gym for two years. What makes you actually like want to buy it and <clears throat> do the thing? Yeah. So we were managing it, and it was just something that. Um, we were transitioning like her to be head coach 
And I was going to go back to the corporate world and kind of have her be the head coach of here for her job. And then me back to the corporate world. Um, now that she's got her like green card and visa stuff started to get figured out. And it was just one of those things that kind of got thrown out in passing of like, Hmm. um, if she would ever sell and she's like, well, like only to you guys. And then it was like, huh. And conversations kind of ensued. Um, my fear was she, who the owner at that time bought it. I want to say two or three years prior from the first owner. Um, and it, it kind of got ugly kind of quick, um, between the parties that sold and the parties that bought. Um, and so it was kind of one of those things where I was like, how do we do this in a way that doesn't get ugly? Um, and so I kind of flat out was just like, um, I knew, I knew how the gym was doing. I was managing it. So, Mm -hmm. um, I knew that the finances weren't strong. Um, and so I was kind of like, I don't want to, I don't want to negotiate. Flat out, I will get you out of debt. Whatever that number is, let me know. And I will work on a way of writing a check that gets you free and clear from that. Um, and we'll make it easy. I just didn't want to negotiate and then walk away and then someone feel... Fucked over or something. Deal, right? Yeah. So um, it still ended up somehow um, not great. Um, As business always yeah, goes that it, way. Like, Again, they were awesome, awesome people, and they still are. Um, and I tried working it out where they'd have like lifetime memberships, them, their kids, um, significant others, and all that. Um, and I really don't know what ultimately changed. I don't know if it was a little bit of like the members being excited and then them getting taken the wrong way that like being excited for us somehow like looked like they were happy that they weren't owning or I don't know what it was, but just as time passed, like there was just an uncomfortable air mm. that grew, which, which sucks. Cause they are amazing people, super fun, super passionate people. Um, but it just like, ended wrong. Just yeah. ended good. Trust me. I've had my fair share just the past year of yeah. not having good business relationships. Yeah. dude. So yeah, I lost two business partners this year. I feel like I've <laughs> talked about this in like two or three podcasts yeah. now. But uh, yeah, I've had, so I'm no stranger to if that. If there's anything my dad taught me, the best business partner is just no business partner. No business partner. I'm finding that out. I, I found that out very, uh, Yeah. how do you say it? The hard way. Yeah. Let's just say that. I mean, there are definitely situations where like two people, if they bring like the yin and the yang to the equation yeah. where you can really lean on each other for like things that aren't your strengths. Um, sure, of course, there are times where it works, but- in most situations from what I've seen, it just doesn't work. Yeah, not at all. No. So, yeah, I, I lost uh, my first business partner was like one of my best friends for like 14 years. And he just like, just see you later type thing, you know, um, and it didn't work out. And first time business owner, uh, at least brick and mortar type style business. Yeah, we just didn't have the right paperwork. So yeah. he like found a, a loophole, basically. Yeah. And then the other business partner was kind of like. Yeah, you just you gotta skedaddle, dude. We yeah. can't do this anymore. That type of thing. So yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so then when you guys do finally take over the gym, um, how does everything go? Like the first year? Well, we had that whole COVID thing. Fuck. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that 
that I couldn't, I could not imagine. So I had a business during COVID, but I was just renting from somebody. I was just, you know, had my own athletic training business. And then to be honest, it was easy for me to still make money because I had my online business that I was doing. And then I bought a truck and I took a squat rack and I would just wake up at four 30 in the morning, every morning, pack up my squat rack and then train people in a park, Yeah, you know, and I would do it till like 7 PM. Yeah. And then that was it. And I could still make money. And I had a little cough one time and that was it. And then what was it like though? Having a brick and mortar, you got to pay fucking 5,000, six, whatever the rent yeah. is here. Yeah. Um, it was tough. Um, we rented out equipment. So basically when, when it was really going down, we wrapped our head around the fact that like, this is going to be like a government, like shutdown, right? Yeah. This isn't like a, Hey, do the right thing. Like <laughs> yeah. you're going to do the right thing. Like, or else, Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and so we rented out equipment, uh, we did like, you know, um, not necessarily zoom classes, but we like put out programming. If people had more equipment, like a home gym that was more equipped, like we give them extra stuff to do. Um, we were really lucky with the tenant here. Um, shout out to Ken Moore, um, the owner of the building. Um, he basically for three months, we only had to pay taxes. Shut up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's nice. So super nice on top of like the PPP loans. Cause we were paying, um, my wife at the time, like a salary. So it was all in accordance with all the PPP stuff. So we got help from the government in that capacity. That's great. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was nuts. Yeah. Still, but like, how many members did you have at that time? Um, I think we had probably like in the mid nineties, okay. maybe 80 to 90 at the time. Did you lose any from COVID? I think we kept maybe like 75, 80%. Oh, that's really yeah, no, good. Had, it was, again, we're really fortunate and it's still this way. Um, again, we don't have a ton of members, but like we have a really, really consistent, dedicated, member base that's like very engaged we see most of them four to five days a week sweet um and it even was like that back one back then so um we didn't really see a big fall off um we had a couple members that you know had big job changes or lost their job mm. um and as long as like they came to us in like a human manner right we we said like hey like we won't cancel your membership like don't pay right we'll help get you through um, and I think that's another reason why we have really good members ongoing is that like it's this good like symbiotic relationship of like we're taking care of each other yeah you do good by them they do good by you yeah were there any thoughts of shutting the doors during COVID only only when the health department came back when like they were talking about reopening mm -hmm. and they're like you can have five people in your doors. And I was like, oh, okay. So you want me to run 15 classes a day, hour long sessions? They're like, <laughs> yeah, that'd be fine. I'm like, that's not sustainable. Yeah. Like, I like, not, no not one can work. do that. Yeah. Right. And so it was one of those things I'm like, we have no timeline of like when this is going to get better, mm -hmm. when it's ever going to change. So it wasn't necessarily like the idea of the doors closing like financially, but it was like, this business model isn't viable. Right. Yeah. Right. And like, it sucks because I think most affiliates fall into this trap, not really trap, but like, this is how they feel. Like I love this gym so much. I don't mm -hmm. care if it doesn't make money because I love this and these people so much. And I think that's why a lot of gyms just exist because mm -hmm. they get along by like altruism alone where they're yeah. like, I love what I do and I make an impact. It's like, but it's gotta make money too it's got to make sense yeah 
with um when COVID happened, the gym that I was renting space from, dude, we got fined I think three different times. Where where were you? I was at uh Winter's Edge in Pewaukee, Wisconsin. So it's like a powerlifting strongman gym. But yeah, the owner, um, I love him so much, Kirk, even though I separated from him, but like he cares about his community yeah. more than I've seen any gym care about their community. And he just like, he was like, fuck this dude. Like, yeah. you're not going to tell me what to do. Kept it open. Um, in the beginning got fined and then somebody in the gym snitched yeah. about him letting people in. And then he got fined again yeah. <laughs> because he had people at his garage, at his house. He was like letting everyone come yeah. to his garage. And uh, so he got fined like a third time. And yeah, dude, it was, that was a wild time for gym owners. It was like, there's a couple a couple stories like that in the CrossFit space. Like Craig mm. Howard owns Diablo CrossFit in California. And he was one of those guys that was like, I'm not shutting down. Yeah. I will eat these fines. I will do whatever it takes to cure the world's most vaccine problem. Cause we know that this is the solution. Yeah. Um, vaccines. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, uh, that's definitely it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that'll be a good clip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and what it actually sounds like is that this was post Greg Glassman era. Mm. And I want to say HQ was mm. no, the, the story that again, I don't quote me on anything, but okay. what I basically heard was that he used to be like an affiliate, like they used to be like regions where like certain owners uh, were like affiliate reps for like different regions. And basically, I want to say CrossFit said like, if you don't close, you're going to lose this role. And he was like, dug his heels in. He's like, no, I believe in this. And I- Glassman? No, or- no, this was post Greg. Oh, okay. Right? Okay, okay, okay. Right? Okay, so as an it outsider, be, it wouldn't have happened if Greg was there. So no, it's it was post Greg. As an outsider from CrossFit, yeah, he something with George Floyd happened with yeah. Greg Glassman. Yeah, is that post COVID or pre? I don't remember. So it was like post George Floyd was post COVID, right? Or during COVID? I don't. It remember. was before because we talked about how we can't congregate and we can't be together, and then there was riots with tons of people. So it was pre. COVID. It was like, Oh, you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I think he is right. Yeah. So, um, which was post Greg, but Greg's tweet was something along the lines of the tweet was Floyd 19. Um, and it was linked to an article. Um, but it was basically like in summary to the best I can, I can say was, I want to say like the CDC or someone, someone along those lines was using models that basically wanted to like say that, uh, you know, they're talking about COVID being like a world health crisis. And then they were going to like pivot that, like, we're going to use these models to show how, um, you know, racism is, is a similar process. And so, or a similar, similar issue that they're going to define by models. And so Greg basically said it's Floyd 19 and then linked an article that basically just showed like, this is really flawed thinking. And like, if you look at this, this, isn't going to be a viable way to correct these issues and cancel culture being what it was like, just took the snapshot of the tweet and then, you know, spun it to sound as bad as possible. And then Greg was basically like, I don't get it. I don't understand what's, what sounds bad. Like that Greg said, what, what is bad? Well, I just think people took it as they were, he was making a joke about George Floyd who died 
Oh. And just in that time, you know, to some people, he was like a martyr and someone that showed that he stood up or something. <laughs> um, right, wrong, or indifferent. But Greg, is, yeah. Greg made a tweet that people took as like he was making really light of his death. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I remember being from like, so I was in the powerlifting world at that time. Yeah. I don't remember the articles or anything, yeah. but I just remember all of us were like, wow, this is really fucking stupid. Like, yeah. why are they canceling this guy? You know, we were just like, because, and I hate to be that guy, right? Yeah. But like, I have a lot of black friends, you yeah. know, I have like, I'm Hispanic myself. Yeah. Like, so, and I just remember being like, so like, I've actually dealt with racism, like against me and yeah. my family and stuff. Um, from the police, funny enough, which I actually still back the blue, you know, yeah. so I'm still like, yeah, go cops, you know, yeah. even though I've dealt with some shit with cops. But, um, yeah, I just remember us all being like, this is really fucking stupid. And these people are really soft because yeah. we didn't understand what was going on. And I yeah. think this was the time that we were in, like everyone was just had this heightened sense of like, this cancel culture was wild, man. Yeah. Like, you could say anything. And like, it didn't matter what you did before, right? You could be the biggest advocate for helping minority areas, whatever. And Greg was, man. Like, they would do so many cool things where, like, they would do L1s mm. or, like, similar type um, seminars for, like, underprivileged areas. Mm -hmm. And, like, that all just gets, like, forgotten and swept under the rug because one tweet right. that's, you know, positioned a certain way and, like, people run with it. And all right, So you're a Greg fan? Huge Greg. Yeah. What, what is it? What is it about this mystical Greg guy that is like, I, again, I don't know anything about CrossFit, so educate me. Yeah. What, what is it about him? That's like great. I've seen him speak and he's really well, like he articulates himself yeah. very well. Yeah. Um, he dresses like a bummy gym guy yeah. and I love it. He's yeah. a billionaire. And I mean, he, like you kind of see that pattern. I mean, look at mm -hmm. Hermosey. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you look at, yeah. I mean, like, Bill Gates, again, not putting them in the same same yeah. category uh, in my uh, favorite people. I'd say Greg uh, is cooler. He's a yeah, fitness guy much, and a billionaire. Much cooler. Yeah. But like a lot of those guys dress in a way that I think is just one less thing to think about. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, I think what made Greg, Greg, um, obviously exceptionally intelligent mm -hmm. and created this incredible methodology um, that gave us trainers a seat at the table that I will often say that we don't deserve. Mm. Um, in the prior space, I think pre-Greg, right? You could have a strength and condition, strength and conditioning degree. Um, you could do PT clients. Um, and Greg rolled out CrossFit in a way that like you could run a gym with an L1 and honestly just a shitload of passion. Yeah. Um, right. And a level one is a thousand dollars. Affiliating is three grand. Um, and that wasn't a thing pre-Greg. You just couldn't run a gym like that. The NSCA would basically say like, hey, you need licensure to do this. Hmm. Um, like your business, like you can't run that. Hmm. And Greg fought and advocated for us over and over and over and made sure it was a thing. Um, the biggest expense, I believe, for CrossFit back then was legal because the NSCA and all those things were funding journals that would say CrossFit is dangerous. Yeah, And so Greg really was the advocate to let us do this amazing thing. And if it wasn't for Greg, the NSCA would have just basically had a stranglehold on the whole strength conditioning training 
group class world that we would have had to either pay them like these large licensure fees and just none of this would have worked. Mm. So not only did Greg create something cool, but he allowed it to be rolled out in a way that like it was financially feasible to open a gym. Yeah. Wasn't there something with Coca-Cola too? Yeah. Again, can't quote me on all of it, but it sounded like basically like the NSCA was getting pretty pissed about CrossFit gyms taking money away from like their trainers, right? Mm. Because CrossFit can give very high level coaching and very effective classes in an hour that basically you can give almost personal training level, like attention to detail with like a group class. And so I think, you know, there was this decline of strength and conditioning certs from the NSCA being um, purchased or whatever. And I think they're the people that like went to school for that, that they said, Hey, like, this is what your opportunity look like. I think CrossFit really started to eat into the, the piece of the pie for them. And they were finally like, all right, we need to start publishing journals or whatever mm. that basically would show that CrossFit's unsafe. So we can try to get this pendulum swung back our way. Um, and again, to my knowledge that like Coca-Cola was a big fund funder of those things. Mm. Um, and again, what sucks about Greg having to sell is that case ended up getting sealed. Ugh. So like it was found out to be true that the journals that were published were falsified information and all that stuff. Like the injury rates weren't accurate and all that stuff. Um, and it sucks to not be able to see to what extent they went through. Cause it would be yeah. a good thing for us to have um, as the ace in the hole. Cause we still have that issue, right? Mm-hmm. We have people that, um, you know, reach out. They want to come try us, and you know they've been maybe been doing something similar, like boot camp or hit or whatever, and they still are like, "Well, I know that this is going to be really intense and really intimidating, and I can't do this." And it's like, this is the easiest type of training there is. Like, the goal of the coach is to make sure that wherever you're at, like I'm going to meet you there, mm-hmm. and like make sure that this workout works for you. It's infinitely scalable. Yeah. And so like, that's the thing that's hard is like when people come in and they have all these predispositions of like, I can't do this. And I'm like, come in, try it. I will show you that you can do this. And it's, it's incredible. Yeah. But there's just that stigma that is like, I can't, there's no word. There's no words that's going to convince you because sure. there's just for whatever reason, the stigma that still exists because it's just the way it was. So Greg Glassman was fighting the Illuminati of the strength world is what I'm getting yeah, from this. He was much. taken away from big PT. Yeah. And um, when, when you say uh, people being intimidated and stuff, I think, I think you're, you're super accurate with that um, coming from a different world. And I just, I just came into CrossFit two, maybe three years ago, something like that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think what it is is like the only thing that's really marketed about CrossFit is the games, you know, and it's not, and I'm not, I've heard some other people say this before, but like even just being an outsider coming in, it's like the only people that are marketed are the Matt Frazier's, the Tia, the rich. Um, who's the other girl? Who do you like? Annie, Annie Thor's daughter. Um, the people like that. So when people see CrossFit, that's the only reference point that they have. And so nobody's really like marketing the infinitely like you've said that since we walked in the door you actually said infinitely scalable yeah and i was like infinitely scalable and then i started to think about it you know i was like oh okay yeah that is kind of what crossfit's about right is to be able to do movements in different ways but have the intensity super high so you still get the stimulus or the effect from crossfit because even me um i was blessed enough coming into crossfit 
already having been a power lifter, strong man, I had exposure to a bunch of the movements and stuff and just like was naturally kind of able to like the handstand push up thing, like was naturally yeah. able to just kind of figure it out because I have a background in athletics and strength mm-hmm. sport and stuff and all that stuff, ring muscle ups. It took me like six months to figure yeah, out or nice. like four months, something like that. So for me, that's the only part of CrossFit I know is like the, 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 the super athlete part, you know? Yeah. Um, but there is, I mean, I think, God, I hate to, like, I feel like, I feel like I sound like I'm sucking CrossFit's dick right now. And I really don't mean to sound like this, but like, come on, just cradle yeah. the ball. Yeah, go, dude. Go like for it. Greg, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I used to shit on it so much because I was from powerlifting and strongman and bodybuilding. And it was really cool to do that, to shit on CrossFit. But it was mostly because we didn't have the information. We didn't know the kipping pull up is like a skill. So like, or the butterfly pull up is a skill. So when people say you do that gay, uh, like butterfly pull up, I'm like, do two. Yeah. Show me that you can do two. I bet you can't, you know? Um, where was I going with that? Coming into it. Oh man, I completely lost my train of thought. So yeah, what you're, from what you were saying, your background, right, and what you knew, um, CrossFit really only put out there as a game. Is the games is like what we knew of CrossFit. Yeah, right? yeah. It was only wrapped around that. Yeah, and hating on it. It was just, it was just cool to hate on it. Oh no, no, no! I know where I was going. Thank you. When I, when I get back into it, when, when I get into it, I realize, I think this is the way. Like I genuinely do think. And it doesn't have to be CrossFit in the way of handstand push-ups and muscle-ups. Right. I think the methodology, the high-intensity, varied training, whatever. What's the what's the tagline? Uh, functional movements perform at high intensity across broad times and modal domains. There we go. I think that I think that is the secret sauce uh, yeah. to exercise because any when I when I think back in time, even in my powerlifting times. The, the most gains that I ever saw gains is in like, um, <clears throat> when I had to get super lean for bodybuilding or I had to get really strong for a meet because I was peaking or yeah. whatever it was, it always came in the most intense circumstances, yeah. right? So like when you're peaking, your intensity is really high. Your volume's a little bit lower, but your intensity is really high. When you're dieting for a bodybuilding show, your calories are super low. Everything's really intense, yeah. you know? And so I think that really is the secret sauce. And everybody, every other modality is missing that because they're not racing a clock yeah. or they're not racing a person next to them. And I think that's, I mean, you're, you are a hundred percent right. It's cool for you to already have kind of figured that out, but like, that, that's the hardest part for getting people to wrap their head around it. Mm. Because if they come in and they do the classes and they're missing that piece, right? The intensity piece mm-hmm. CrossFit kind of sucks. Yeah. And it's not CrossFit's fault. Yeah. Right. But like, you know, we don't move for 60 minutes straight. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's like the warm up, right. Not super intense. Yeah. Um, and then we start to go over the instruction. Definitely not super intense. Right. And, and then we lay out what the workout is. Not super intense. Yeah. And then three, two, one go happens. Yes. And there's where intensity comes in, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, a three minute workout or 12 minute workout. Um, obviously intensity is going to be a little varied the longer you get, but if you don't find intensity and intensity is going to be a level of discomfort and breathing heavy. Well then, then there isn't much heart rate that's elevated anywhere. Right. And you're not going to get much results. And so like, that's the hard part to try to explain to the members. It's like for those that don't necessarily have a sporting background, Mm -hmm. that is the one thing that's really hard to wrap their head around. It's like, 
you gotta push. Yeah. And you gotta push a little harder for a little longer than you want to. Yeah. And like that's where all the good stuff is. Yeah. And when we talked about even like in the early on, where like Will Butt has his members. Mm -hmm. And I for sure, one hundred percent, I will wear that scarlet letter, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Where like when members don't get it they get upset because they're not getting results. Yeah. And sometimes when they don't get results, the mirror isn't the first place they look, mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they'll dog the programming or yeah. they'll say, you know, the coaches aren't great or I'm not getting much attention. And it's one of those things where like, you're a business owner, like you got to take the high road. Yeah. Like, don't say like, take it out of the chin. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's hard to explain like, no, you're just missing the intensity part. Yeah. You have to work harder. Like it's yeah. just that little extra bit of intention mm-hmm. that makes this all everything change. And like I've had members that I butt heads with that got on the other side of it. Um, we have a member now, her name's Joy. It's a, she's a coach now. Um, and fuck, we would butt heads. Like, yeah. Like siblings. Like we would get real snippy and shitty with each other Yeah. where I would coach 5:30, and I would, you know, be going through it and she'd be just kind of moseying along and I would get frustrated because we only have 60 minutes. Like I got to be on time. It's on me to make sure class ends. If it's a 5:30 a.m. class, it's got to end at 6 30, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, she was a member for a while and she just wasn't getting the results that I was hoping. And she was just kind of going through the motions and, and it was like, we would just start, we would just, Buttheads, and I don't know what made the flip switch, but at some point, I think she just started to trust me that, mm. like, I am doing this only because I care and love you, and like, I'm not just being kind of shitty to be kind of shitty. Like, mm-hmm. I really want this. What's on the other side of this? And she just started to buy in a little, and then she was like, "Oh shit!" Like. I can do burpee boxing overs on a lower box and actually jump. Yeah. Or, you know, I can do whatever. And then like progress started to happen. And then mm. she started to lose more weight and she started to actually feel fitter. And again, because CrossFit is measurable, mm-hmm. it's not just like, did I do three plates on pec deck? Like, did I just right, do the elliptical yeah. on level 12? Like you can see like, oh, I actually got faster and I could do more burpees in a minute or a higher wattage on the echo bike. And like, I... I couldn't imagine this place without her now. Yeah. Like she works her ass off every single day. And like, she, she is what CrossFit's all about. That's great. Like, It's not about the games athlete. It's not about like, do you have a six pack? It's not about what you back squat. It's like, did you get more years back on your life? Yeah. Right. And like it joy is like, I, I can't express how much I appreciate her. I mean, she's a huge asset to the gym. She cleans the gym, which you've seen the gym is immaculate. immaculate. Yeah. Um, and she like works her ass off. She coaches now and does such a good job. Um, and she's so relatable. Like mm. there's no one that can walk in the gym and be like, I can't do this. And then Joy standing right there and be like, I, I can, yeah. I do. Um, and like, that's, it's so, it's so great. But like, that's, what's hard for me is like, I've had the joy mm-hmm. and I've seen someone get through the other side of it. And it unfortunately was ugly for a while. And so, I don't know how else to get that person on the other side of it other than like, I'm going to keep pushing. And if I guess if that pushes you out the door, I hope you find another CrossFit gym, Yeah. but I'm going to push until you hopefully like that light bulb goes off and be like, Oh, that's what he means. Like try to hold this, this intensity for this long or try to try to try a new movement. Don't always get stuck in the same scaling options. And like, 
oh my gosh, like I can get better. You know, like I, you see progress at members that have been around for years and don't make progress. And sure. often like that light bulb goes off and then everything changes in one year. And so yeah. like, the same amount of time is invested in the gym. It's just that little bit of intensity and intention that's added to their 60 minute class and everything changes. <clears throat> that's, that's really cool. And I think that CrossFit, <laughs> oh God, I'm so, I'm a CrossFitter now, aren't I? This might be a CrossFit podcast. <laughs> I like to say this is not a CrossFit podcast, yeah. but I, I genuinely like this because I, one thing that I've noticed, we were at Rogue and we talked to all the CrossFit people. Um, dude, CrossFit, CrossFit people are the only people that feel this way about their exercise. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's, it's really cool to me, you know, cause you'd be like, be in the gym and you'll be like, joy, it's 21, 15, fucking nine. It's nine minutes, not 30, but it's because yeah. you like, you care about her, yeah. you know? And you like actually want to see the results happen. Whereas like, there's no, there's a, basically what I'm trying to say is there's a community and a culture around CrossFit. Yeah. There's a culture around powerlifting. There's a culture around bodybuilding. There's no community really, right? Yeah. Because when you when you join a CrossFit gym, you know what you're getting. Yeah. When you join Lifetime, you can do a million different things. Yeah. You know, so I, I I think that's really cool and it's really admirable for you to to run something like this, a ship like this. Um, I'll be honest, I fucking hate coaching CrossFit. Yeah. I hate it. Um, I don't know what it is. I think it's because I take for some reason this shit too seriously too much sometimes. Um, but that's why I like to, you know, we all have our thing and that's why I like to coach high school athletes. Cause I can talk shit to them 24 yeah. seven and be like, I mean, you know. it's with me being the owner and mm -hmm. the head coach, um, for lack of better terms, like I can kind of be judge, jury and executioner mm -hmm. where like I can work really hard to create that culture. Yeah. Um, and it's not like my way or the highway or get the fuck out. Like yeah. we definitely have members that aren't really trying to like crush it and go that hard but it, like as long as they're like respectful and like cool and fun like it's all good if you want to come in and, and kind of for lack of better words like go through the motions like it's all good as long as you have a smile on your face and you're high-fiving people and you're good about it like i'm totally fine with that yeah but when it's the person that isn't pushing like i'd hope and then they're like a little sour or shitty or mm. kind of play the blame game yeah it's like they're going to feel that I just don't have patience for it. And again, like I said, like there's definitely members that have left and I know it's because of me. And it's one of those things where it's like, this only works if there, if the trust exists Yeah. and there just wasn't trust. Yeah. And it's hard. Cause I mean, like recency bias is definitely a thing, mm -hmm. right? Like I've had members were like unbelievable re relationships with like, you know, I'm sure you know what the open is now mm -hmm. and the open's super cool. And not for like, what my score is like the moments I'll never forget are like members getting their first toe to bar. And like, it's the middle of their workout going on. They get their toe to bar. Like they're crying tears of joy. I'm crying tears of joy. Yeah. We're hugging in the middle of their workout, which again, they should be back <clears throat> to work. And, but like, that's really cool. Right. Yeah. But like, it's still, when I was talking about recency bias, like those same members aren't at my gym. Mm. And it's like crazy that you can be that close to them and like have these incredible moments and like things can change. Mm -hmm. I don't think anything changes here, but like people sell, I think just sometimes get caught up like in what have you done for me lately? Yeah. And you know, life happens and things change, but it's crazy that you can have connections like that deep and like 
things change and they're not members anymore. And it's like, yeah. again, you feel like you, how do you not take it personally? Like yeah. you dump all this energy into people and like genuinely love them or like even where they're at right now, I still love them and still want them to be happy and find success. But it's like, it's hard to not take that personally. Like dude, apps. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even with the business partner that I had mentioned earlier, I took it super personal. Yeah. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, like I'll never talk to you ever again or trust you or whatever. But like, I still love him. Yeah. You know, he's like still my brother. Yeah. And I still love him. I want the best for him, even though he's a fucking piece of shit, you know? So like <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah, yeah I, I get what you're saying for sure. I wanted to talk to you about the Kenosha stuff. Yeah. But I like kind of don't because I think I think we could talk about that a different time if you're down to do this. Again yeah, sometime. absolutely. Um, what I do want to talk about is because I see like. Hiller, obviously, and Savan. I don't know if Savan's really doing all this, um, talking about this. Where do you, where do you think the the culture of CrossFit is going? How do you like it? It's it's definitely different in some capacities and in some not. Right, like mm -hmm. in the four walls that is my business, nothing has changed. Okay, whether Greg owns it or Berkshire Hathaway B Group. Mm. and Eric Rosa on the board, like it doesn't necessarily change that much that happens between my four walls of my business. Um, it is hard sometimes feeling like there are people like Hiller or Savan or myself that I feel like we almost want CrossFit success more than HQ. Cross HQ. Yeah. Um, and I definitely know, I can't say that for everyone. Cause I definitely know there's people that work for HQ that truly live, eat, sleep and breathe this. Mm -hmm. Um, and they want to be successful, but like now we're in a position because it's owned by a venture capitalist, like success is defined very differently, mm -hmm. right? For them, it's, it's Dollar getting bills. a return on their $200 million investment. Yeah. And when Greg started this, it was a long game and it was about saving lives and being a, a lifeboat, um, not a boat full of money. Yeah. Um, and so I, I maybe, and then he got I, both, huh? And then he got both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, and maybe I'm just being optimistic, but I don't foresee CrossFit in any way, shape or form, like ceasing to exist or being on a downward trajectory, mm -hmm. um, because it is led by us affiliate owners. There's 13,000 of us or so, give or take like, we all want this. And yep. because I know that we want this, it'll all work. Um, we just want HQ to support us and highlight the good stuff that's going on and try to sweep the bad stuff under the rug and find ways to showcase us in ways that isn't just the games, right? Like I would love nothing more than Joy's story to be shared with the world, right? Because if Joy can do it, anyone can do it. Mm. Um, Does HQ not show a lot of support to the affiliates? It's not that they don't. It's just hard to tell the true, like the true North for them. Hmm. Like they'll sometimes do it. And I'm like, dude, that is such a good video. Yeah. And then there's some where it's like, I don't know what the value is in this content. Right. Mm -hmm. And of course you got to have memes and you got to have some funny stuff, but like, it's hard to know what their true North is. Mm. Um, I know that, um, Don Fall has said he wants 30 million new cross 30 million crossfitters, which again, that's a really big lofty goal. Um, I just wish there was more communication of like, Hey, this is how we're trending. 
right mm-hmm. towards this goal. And um, that would, I think, help us as affiliate owners play a better role in supporting that because we feel like for us, the only way to support is just to run our affiliate. Yeah. Um, well, I think the way you're doing it is like one of the best ways you can do it. The guerrilla marketing, just yeah. getting out and like going and talking to people about it. It, it definitely works. Yeah. I mean, in as much as social media plays like a big role in everybody's life, when somebody like scrolls their page and sees like a CrossFit ad, it's not as impactful as like some random dude walking down the street yeah. with his shirt off, you know, right. that's like, Hey, come, come, you know, do a free week yeah. at my gym. And for me, it's like, again, I'm only me, mm-hmm. but like, as soon as I see any post and it says like sponsored ad, mm. like I don't look at, I like, it's kind of like a, you're not, we're, things aren't going too hot. Like this is like us I don't know. I just don't, I don't interpret it as a good thing. Yeah. Right. Like if you're making good content, I don't, maybe I'm missing the boat. Maybe I'm just dumb here and this is why we don't have more members, <laughs> but like, I just don't look at paid ads as the way when I yeah. look at a paid ad, I'm like, Oh, like your guys's traditional social media isn't effective enough mm-hmm. and you're not growing it through tr- other ways that you have to shell out money, hoping that the algorithm is going to like funnel people to your door. Yeah. Um, again, that's just me right, mm-hmm. wrong and different. I don't know. But what we have seen and it's, it's on the whiteboard. Um, the 30 for 30 was insane. I mean, successful massively. Um, 111 leads. Wow. Um, we, from a revenue standpoint, have 13 new paying members over the 30 days. That's great. From a yearly revenue, that's 25,000 and change. And then there's eight other members that we still are trying to get signed up, whether we can convert them or not. Mm -hmm. So in 30 days, we potentially have, added $40,000 of revenue that if we keep them that, that's year over year. That's wild. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. And so like, that's what Congrats. I want. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started initially as something that I just want to challenge myself. Yeah. Like CrossFitters were competitive and this was just the next thing. And I'm like, can I do this? Like mm-hmm. how doable is this? Um, and like, again, you can see on the, on the whiteboard, like I had a couple of different iterations. Like, do I want to try to find 50 members in a hundred days or, mm-hmm. you know, different ideas that I was kind of tossing around and, Ended up going with 30 for 30. Try to keep it potent. That's sweet. That's really cool. And it worked. Like, and again, when I started it, I was hopeful. Like, yeah. I, well, I would have been happy with, I would have, I would have been happy with one, right? Yeah. To spend 30 days and one new member is still two grand in a year. Yeah. You know, and, um, but like to see how doable it really is, like, that's where I was really like, shit, like, Everyone needs to see this. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I've had a hard time with like, again, I, I know that like HQ shouldn't just like do everything I say, mm-hmm. but like share this shit. Because when I was at Rogue, like I would bump into people that would be like, you're the Kenosha guy. <laughs> and like, uh, my name, yeah. my name's Joe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's nice like oh you. my God, like this is so cool what you're doing. Like, um, you know, we've been talking to my coaches and owners, like we're going to do it. And like, we're super excited. And so like the people that have seen it, like it's working because they're excited and they're sharing the message and they're trying to drive their owners to grow it so we can have more CrossFitters globally. But like the reach just isn't there. Like I have 350 subscribers, right? Like no video has more than like a thousand views. So like the reach isn't there. And so the people that have seen it, like it has made an impact on them. Yeah. But there's just so, so many CrossFitters and people in general that haven't seen it that I think are missing out. And so I'm just going to keep pushing this. 
and then, you know, having a be on this podcast or mm-hmm. getting on Savans in a greater detail or whatever it is to share the story because yeah. those that have heard it and can see that it works, like they want more. Yeah. And it just sucks that I don't feel like it's been in front of enough eyeballs, but I'm just going to keep doing whatever it takes. So yeah, that's good. I'll talk to you a little bit about like my experience with like live streaming and like low viewership, but yeah. like conversion rates and stuff. <clears throat> Cause recently I've been doing some things that like, I don't want to say it doesn't make sense, but it almost doesn't make sense. We'll talk about it after, yeah. but um, yeah, man, I think what you're doing is great. That's really cool. And I also want to want to ask you what what would you say to somebody if they're like, hey, I kind of want to do what you're doing, but what you're doing is a little bit weird because you're talking to strangers, and I'm not that person that's just going to randomly talk yeah. to a stranger. I am that person, by the way. Yeah. So I can really appreciate what you're doing. But what would you say to somebody that wanted to do like the same thing? How do they get the nuts to do yeah. it? Yeah. Well, first, obviously, there's two options. Yeah. Give me your address. I will drive out or fly out, and we'll go do this. Sweet. So like cool. what I would love nothing more is to have like two or three affiliates that really think that this has got some traction, mm-hmm. but they just don't know how to do it. I'll fly out. I'll wow. go drive out wherever they are. I would rather fly out, um, yeah. you know, really show CrossFit how badly I want to share this with more than just my gym. So take them up on this offer. Spend, spend three days with them, hitting stores, restaurants, whatever, just showing it is just talking about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. It takes a little bit of time to get comfortable with your, like your angle yeah. and how you finagle it. But like, I would love to get out there, show them for three days. Like, this is how we do it. And then you take the next 27. So you do your 30 for 30, mm-hmm. you take the next 27 and then hopefully do the same thing with three other gyms. Yeah. And like, we really make it like a whole pay it forward thing because I've seen the light. And if every gym just tries it, this shit's going to explode. Yeah. 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 That's cool, man. Hey man, I think that that's a really good spot to end it at. And I really appreciate your time. Thanks for doing that. Fun. Thanks for doing this for the community of CrossFit, even though I'm getting there, I'm getting there. Don't worry. Uh, even, even though I, I don't really like consider myself in fuck it, dude, I'm in the community, I guess. Right. I'm a part of the cult. I drank the Kool-Aid. This might be, we're going to put in our Instagram bio might be in a CrossFit podcast. Yeah, that's awesome. Might be. <laughs> but, um, I was talking to her today. I was like, I'm going to put in our bio, not a CrossFit podcast. Cause everybody yeah. thinks that like we're getting people reaching out to us asking and they're like athletes or like trying to be athletes. I'm yeah. like, fuck dude, this is where I wanted this to go. <laughs> you'd, be but, like, you'd be like, fuck da, 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 yeah. the CrossFit podcast. <laughs> that, that, we should make sure it's like that. Let's talk to yeah. Travis. That's hilarious. That's but, really good. We'll guy. give him like 10% of the sales. Yeah. That. That's cool. Awesome. Um, so I ask three questions at the end of every podcast. Okay. Um, the first one is we're going to say for the next year, what is your biggest goal for the next year? Just in general, it can be for here for yourself. Um, for here, I want to be at 175 adult paying members. Sweet. That's a good goal. Where are you at? Uh, we're just over a hundred for the adult members, right? We have the kids program as well. So we're like at a hundred and over 130 now, but I would like to see again, this 30 for 30 idea isn't stopping the idea that I've seen the light. I know that I can carry this through the next year and be there. And again, that allows me to do a lot more things in the community. You'll get there for sure. Um, the second question is what are you willing to sacrifice to get that goal? I don't know if there's much I won't sacrifice for it. Sweet. Um, I'm such a, like, I'm a very singular person. Um, and 
there's nothing I wouldn't do because there, there is a finish line, right? Mm. Like there's, there's a finality to it to where like we get over this hump, like I can rein it in and like get a life and, mm-hmm. like, um, live, eat, sleep, breathe this. Sweet, man. The third one, you kind of answered it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What are you not willing to sacrifice? Is there anything you're not willing to sacrifice for it? I won't water down CrossFit. Love it. I will not do boot camp. I will not do fitness. Cool. CrossFit is infinitely scalable. I will not water down the methodology. I love that. Yeah. That's great, man. Well, hey, thanks so much for being on the pod. It's been fun. Why don't you plug your stuff real quick? CrossFit Kenosha, uh, 7675th Street, Suite 305. Uh, we got Grow Gear Thumb Tape. Um, I'll toss it. Yeah, toss it over. <laughs> Brand new roll. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thumb tape. Feels real sticky. Yeah. Works great. Yeah. Sweet, dude. Yeah. Grow gear. Yeah. You got a Shopify. Yeah. Cool, man. Sweet. Well, hey, man. Again, I appreciate you doing this. And uh, I want to know, I want to figure out how I can get involved somehow. So, yeah, let's talk a little let's bit more. It. Yeah. Sweet, bro. So, Thank you so much. Of course. Like, subscribe. See you in the next one.